Welcome to The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, James and Alex Fitzgerald. Cuz, hey, great, great to see you through the lens. You're down in Melbourne. I'm up here in Queensland. Peyush. We're in the middle of winter. What's yeah. uh, what's going on? The puffer jacket out in force? The puffer jackets are out in force and uh, it's a bit of leakage from the old the old nose here this morning, so sorry about that. It's leakage. Yeah, you might hear it drip onto the microphone actually because I just can't get a handle of it. As soon as you, you've got no runny nose, no nothing, and then you go for a walk to get your coffee, you get yeah. hit by the cold air and then, you know, it's all your, better off. You're one coffee a day, down to one coffee a day. I am, how, that's correct. How are you coping with that, by the way? Um, it's hard because if it's really good, you just want to <laughs> you want to get straight into another one. And yeah. I don't, I actually don't think I've shared on the potty bed. It's because I'm I'm uh, actually find myself pregnant these days. So yeah, um, congratulations, hey, pres- from hey, pres- the Yeah, yeah. So just over halfway. Um, but yeah, just trying to keep the coffee to a minimum. But my latest coffee order, which has sent uh, the boys down at Boy, my favourite cafe on Chapel Street, into a spin, is I get a a magic. With a little bit of chocolate on top, I call it um, a um, a uh, a magic chino. Well, magic and, chino. And, and look, you're famous for that in this part of Australia because <laughs> the coffee shop Cuckoo, right down the road from our office here, now serve <laughs> a magic size cup. So you've given them a whole new different size. Apparently, a three quarter full uh, uh, small cup now called a magic, uh, according to the Cuckoo guys. Did I? Did I ever tell you this story? And I, I, I can't remember, but it's um, <laughs> I just can't believe it. But I went into Cuckoo at your office in Rang, and um, I was feeling. I woke up that that morning, really wanted a coffee, but I was also feeling like not a hundred percent, right? Yeah. So I went to the cafe and I said, "Can I please have a piccolo?" Um, and she goes, "Yep, no worries." And I said, "And also, can I have like a ginger shot?" And she goes, "Yeah, uh, well, yeah, no, we we can juice some ginger for you." I said, "Great, awesome." So I paid, um, waited a couple of minutes. They called my name and uh, and I went up and they said, oh, Piccolo? I said, yep, that's me. And then they said, and then I said to them, yeah, do you also, was there also a ginger shot there? I said, yeah, yeah, it's in there. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, hang on a second. You put the sh- shot in the, what? <laughs> and I caught myself thinking, oh, my God, that is the most classic Miscommunication. I've assumed she knows. She's assumed that, you know, like classic. Well, that would thought- that would be Hannah, my <laughs> wife's like absolute dream come true because doesn't drink coffee. Has never drunk drunk a, a cup of coffee in her life, well uh, but loves the smell of coffee. And yeah. ginger is her kryptonite. Like you know, really, if uh, if it's Valentine's uh, day and all, all that, um, I get her. I get her uh, ginger. Covered in in dark chocolate. That's like a wowee moment for her. That's so ginger insane. coffee, yeah. That uh, how did you how, know what? and what was the verdict? I thought I thought you know they were like yeah that that's right isn't it? I was like no, but you know what? I'll give it a whirl. So I braced myself. I drank the piccolo, yep. gingerlo, gingerlo yep. that yep. Uh, producer JB and I now call it. It was amazing. Yeah. I absolutely loved it. Kind of makes sense because you know you can get the like little ginger nut lattes and stuff from yeah. Starbucks. Yeah. So yeah. you know it's not too far off course. It was yeah. very good, surprisingly. Well, last night uh, I did the webinar with producer Jordan here, and we've got a, a bit of a bit of a joke, but it's sort of half real. We we don't we never try and tempt fate to find out, but the webinar doesn't start unless we've got a packet of lollies sitting in mm. the jar ready to go. So. I was on the lolly run last night. 
Per year? Uh, Always, I always go for whatever's on special. It's normal, normally Allen's or Natural Confectionery. It's one of the mm. two. But That's just okay. quietly, a packet of lollies these days at a servo is six bucks. Oh, you go to the servo, not even Coles Woolies. Well, six. no, it's, it's no Coles or Woolies nearby. Six bucks. Now, you know, they're normally on special for three or four bucks, but when did lollies oh. become six bucks? I mean, alongside everything else, I was reading that chocolate has gone up 21%. And apparently the average uh, average chocolate bar or whatever is is extra two bucks. Extra two dollars. I got Sammy in my office. He must read Channel 7 News every day on his Instagram. And he keeps coming at me with bad news. The, the bad news of last week was chocolate prices have gone up. And I said, Sammy, you know, it's Monday. You can't <laughs> you can't be serving out this bad news. I'm and on then, one coffee a day, mate. Don't give me that straight up <laughs> on a Monday. And then this week he goes, Oh my God. I was like, what? He goes, a blind dog has been has been stolen. I said, mate, you can't be bringing me this bad news. But also, what's his algorithm doing? <laughs> I said, you need to get off Channel 7 News. Uh. But it made me sort of think back to the, the chocolate <clears throat> and the olives. You know, maybe that will become a part of the... The assets and liabilities check. You'd be like, yeah, how much, how many houses, how many houses do you have? Nice shares. Yep. Gold and <laughs> chockey and lollies. In, <laughs> chockey and lollies. Yeah, will become got a cart and natural confectionery. That'd have to be worth a few hundred. Golly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, last night it was natural confectionery, three bucks. So half price, which uh, nice. makes me question whether, you know, the real price even should be $6. Uh, hey, let's round out on that. You've Tell just me dropped massive news uh, about the, you know, fact that you're pregnant, you're, you're with child. Uh, what, <laughs> what's you meant the, the chocolate. So, uh, Boy, girl, when's he or she due? Give the listeners, you know, oh, yeah, the, the, sorry. Yeah, the, yeah. the detail here. Yeah, boy, end of November. So um, quite convenient in podcasting life, actually. We don't yeah. usually work December, Before Jan. Before the government-mandated so break, yeah. Precisely. Hamish and Andy, thank you for that, um, bringing that fact out. But, uh, yeah, so end of November. So I'm cruising for the next few weeks and uh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I guess I'll figure it out. I guess I'll figure it out, yeah. All right. Well, calling all applications for a potential stand-in mm. for an episode or two. Oh, this is true. This is true. Reach out to James. Yes, yeah, reach out to me. I'll vet. All right, cousin, your favourite little segment we've got, Stat Fact. Hit it, JB. Stat. Stat Fact. The Stat Man. Stat Fact. I love that stinger. Love it indeed. It is the halfway point of the year. So I thought, what better time than to do a bit of a stock take on how the different asset classes are mm. performing in Australia today. And I guess we'll, we'll start with our wheelhouse, which is house prices. Uh, they're up. House price up 3.1% for the half Go figure. year so far. And Sydney's probably the one that's jumping out here, up by 2% uh, in May and June. So, so mm. taking it to 6%. For the year, the biggest and most expensive house price market in Australia is the best performer right now. <laughs> like, wow. Like, you can't even add on to that. Just that statement by itself is, wow. Um, surprisingly, down my neck of woods, Melbourne, still actually, you know, having a relatively okay time. We're not quite hitting 1% for the year. We're a 08 of a percent, um, but mm. still like experiencing a little bit of growth. So I think what do we do? 0. 0.6 um, for, for May, June. So, you know, not too bad, but I'd say better than it seems. 
better than it seems. Yeah, and, and uh, Brisbane and Adelaide, the smaller capital cities, they're both up by about 1%, but all of that growth came in June. So they were flat uh, prior to that point. Um, be interesting to see where we land at the end of this year. I, I do think, you know, I, you know, who knows? Everyone's crystal balling. I certainly don't mm. think house prices are going to finish the year down. Uh, a lot of people, you know, and we spoke about a couple of apps ago, the fact that people just assume because interest rates are going up that house prices will come down, whereas statistically there's there's no relationship for that. So so that that's mm. just lazy researching as far as I'm concerned. Uh, will <laughs> they will they cannon ahead? I reckon probably not until interest rates come down. Reserve mm. Bank held at, at their last meeting. Um, yep. Yeah, I, th- I think maybe, you know, in the next six months they might just sort of be relatively flat, few pockets here or there. Mm. Uh, but let's uh, let's talk about how how's it compare to the other asset classes. Well, I was I was just going to say to you, you know, this is this is your specialty. You absolutely love doing the compare. Um, halfway checkpoint. So just to just to go back on that, Australian house prices have grown three point one percent year to date. Um, James, you love to pull out the ASX two hundred. Um, yep. That's actually doing reasonably well. That's up two percent yep. for the year. Obviously, you know, yep. not too bad. Um, I've heard around town there's some sensational uh, shares out there going really well, but across the board, and same in property too, by the way. Um, some areas just going sensationally well, um, but up 2%, so not not too bad. Yeah. So, you know, Australia generally, I think that defies what everyone was forecasting in the first half of this year. The, the fact is that uh, values are holding. Uh, compare that with the United States. So their, their stock market's called the S&P 500. It's the 500 biggest companies in America and, and, and basically, you know, what's the value of those shares doing? Uh, they're up 15%, which is massive, um, mm. but they copped a pounding in 2022. So uh, they're still sitting below where they were at the end of 2021. So that, that 15% hasn't quite uh, covered the losses through uh, 2022 just yet. It, yeah, it's uh, it's recovered, if anything. And, uh, and by the way, this is totally something that we really don't know a lot about. So we, we do catch <laughs> the following statements by saying we're, we're, we're all over the property stuff, share market stuff, a little bit outside of our zone, we admit. But uh, it is worth noting. Um, and Bitcoin up 87%. And uh, this is really outside our wheelhouse. We should be going mm. to client of ours, Jaden, to really you know defer to him for what's actually going on. I don't know if you've spoken to him lately, but uh, he, he knows this. more about that than we do. He does. He does. But I, I mean, up 87% cows, like surely that's got to be off a very low base. And I don't remember exactly when Bitcoin was absolutely like pummeling, but I feel like it was throughout 2022, was it? Maybe alongside shares? Yeah. Got got absolutely smashed in 2022. So sim- mm. similar to the American stock market, uh, yep. still sitting about 30% below where they were uh, at the end of 2021. So, uh, you know, I had a you know, more than 100% drop last year um, mm. and then recovered 87% of that. Yep. So sort of yep. not not quite back to, to where it was. Yeah. Uh, Tesla, unbelievable. Now, I'm just because I love Tesla, I, I always look them up. <laughs> Tesla well, share yeah, price. you have one, yeah. Tesla share price up 150% the year. Just Mental. this year to death. It's in half a year. That's more than the share price has doubled than half again. But, so, but, but to put into context, that's two hundred and seventy dollars a share. Two hundred and seventy bucks for one share. 
Yeah. Yeah, we're not we're not trading in cents here at Tesla. No, 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 no. They're big money. <laughs> we're, in the, we're in the three digits a share. Like, yeah, yeah, it's I think amazing. It, I think it's now a trillion dollar company. I might, might be, I might be wrong, but um, should have looked oh, that up. I know, I, I believe that Elon Musk is considered the world's first trillionaire. No, would that would that no, mean that Tesla so. is a, a trillion no, dollar? No, company? I don't think he's trillionaire. Maybe, maybe he will be. Maybe he's tipped to be the world's well, first trillionaire. Well, I guess it depends on how you value Twitter, and uh, you know, like he's <laughs> probably been say. he's probably been getting smashed on Twitter lately. I noticed yeah. that uh, Instagram have come out with their own competitor. Yeah. Um, actually, I don't subscribe to Twitter, but I did from time to time look up people's tweets. I yeah. can't I can't do that anymore. I, I Google them and oh. try and go to their tweets on Google, but it's been blocked. So that m- must be playing around with the this. Could- anyway, he's making a lot of money in Tesla, so he probably doesn't yeah. care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I like I find it interesting because he's – I don't really use Twitter either, but like sometimes I'll, I'll jump on there to – like if there's a helicopter flying around and – like it's good for like instantaneous news. I think I've said that on here before. So if I can't find something, um, you know, on the news, which I don't really look at often, but I'll literally look on Twitter because people in the area will be tweeting about something that's happening like right now. Anyway, and um, I, so I see Elon Musk's tweets and someone has tweeted at him – um, a screenshot of them purchasing a Tesla through the website, which by in itself is crazy purchasing a car online. Anyway, and they said, hey, at Elon Musk, you know, why is there still an $11 processing fee in this day and age for Tesla? And Elon's replied and gone, you're right, we'll remove it. And he literally <laughs> removed it, you know, like the next day. Um, and like, yeah, it's 11 bucks, it's not a big deal, but also like how many people around the world are buying Teslas? Too? He certainly like makes fast decisions, yeah, no no doubt. Fast Look, it's paying decisions. Off. It's definitely paying off for him inside of Tesla. Um, Twitter, yeah. So, so no he's, u- but, but my point being that he's using Twitter as a platform for whatever else he's got going on. True, you know what so I mean? it might be leading to the, pop- yeah. yeah, yeah, true, yeah, yeah. okay. I'm, you know, I'm picking up what capacity. you're putting down. Yeah. Thank yep. you. Finally, finally. <laughs> now let's let's not finish this segment um, on on the world's first maybe trillionaire. Let's finish it yep. on back to back to our wheelhouse, as you said, and talk about rents and where rents have gone in Australia. Very hot topic. Housing crisis, yep. all of that jazz. Rental yep. crisis. You and I had bets at the start of last year where rents would go. I yep. think you said I think you said five percent for the year of twenty twenty two. I said ten percent. I think it ended up being like what 12, 12, yeah. 12 13% percent for the yep. year. Yep. Uh, we didn't do those bets this no. year. No. We didn't do those. I think maybe we're feeling a little bit more conservative. Well, <laughs> we're like, where's this going to go? We're not sure. Yeah, and 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 rents. Um, a lot of the rental data comes out mid month, so we're a couple of days out from uh, getting the the latest updates. But CoreLogic still tracked the rents. They're still up by just under ten percent. If you look at an average across all the capital cities, uh, Melbourne, interestingly, is up nearly 11% and, and uh, Perth, 13%. So Melbourne and Perth are uh, doing even better than, than the average. Mm. But every capital city bar Canberra is up by more than you know, 9%, 10%. So uh, mm. we're seeing pretty much double-digit growth on a per annum basis in every capital city from a rent perspective right now. And sorry, can I just say, not not to make it all about Melbourne, but it's about time we saw some rental growth in Melbourne, 10, 10.6% mm. year on year. That's that is really sensational. We've mm. we've had a we've had a resurgence post COVID. That, no, that's for well, sure. It'd be no coincidence the fact that we're we're now you know bringing in as much as five hundred thousand migrants this year. A lot mm. of them do settle in Sydney and Melbourne, so it is no surprise that you've got Sydney on the one hand. 
growing by 6% year-to-date, leading the charge on values, and Melbourne uh, leading the charge on rents, um, given that a lot of people do migrate and, and rent in the first instance. I mean, we may as well just like it's a perfect segue into our next segment, cuz, because we actually absolutely we've, we've. I mean, maybe we talk about it too much. I don't know if that's a great feedback item for listeners if we talk about migration too much. But some clanger articles do come out from time to time. They typically are in the Australian, and I'd say they're typically written by Bernard Salt. Um, I can't remember if this one is, which is a little bit naughty. You might be able to He's note that. But, uh, the the data lady Priya. So she works at the demographics group. Yeah, so ah, she, that's right. She's that's a, right. a data data analyst and demographer, but yeah, data, equally no. as reputable. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, sure, whatever. I'm, I'm still every. I can't say that word now without questioning myself and pausing mid sentence. Wherever I am, whoever I'm talking to, I could be speaking in front of two hundred people and pause <laughs> on that word. You've you stuffed and, me up. And listeners, if you got no idea of the context there, you have got to go back about two seasons. Uh, Alex just <laughs> yeah, stumbles literally. on so many words. Reputable I, is one that has come up every or well, episode. Yeah, so you yeah. say reputable, which makes sense. I, I said reputable. <laughs> what do I say today? I don't even know. I don't even know. Depends where I am. Depends if I'll get judged. Depends how safe the space is anyways. In any way, it's... Uh, Priya, uh, can't say her last name, but uh, she's super smart and she's one of the best demographers in Australia, very reputable or reputable. What's she gone and given us here? <laughs> well, besides uh, the wheels uh, of the bus along my face, um, <laughs> the capital cities of Australia experienced a significant resurgence in population growth and that's between 2021 and, and 2022. Mm. Um, and, and not surprisingly, a lot of that revival was driven by return of overseas migration, which, great figure, accounted for 74% of overall population increase. Um, so over that time that she's talking about, 2021, 2022, um, the capital cities combined increased by about 205,000 people, which is a growth rate of about 1.2%. Now, over the time of 2020, 2021, they lost 47,000, call it just well, 0.3 of a percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, call it 50, round up. Lot, we lost the population shrunk by 50,000 people and then yes. yeah, increased by 200,000 people in the in the year of 2022. Exactly, exactly. And it, it makes you wonder too, and, and maybe she's gone into more detail later in the article, but how much of that was a reshuffle, you know, because I'm pretty sure I, I recall Melbourne losing like nearly 50,000 people in that time. Well, know, a, So they probably went to another capital city, you know. I think the thing is there's a massive lag on population data. Mm, so mm. what you've got is you get the actual, you know, literal population forecast city by city, uh, but they're, they're lagging often by 12 months and that, that's what she's reporting on at the moment. And then you've got the real-time data, which is based off how many people are coming in and out of the country and, yep. and, and piecing the two together. But basically she's saying that we, we lost 50,000 people in 2021. We picked up 200,000 people in 2022. And yep. the anecdotal sort of evidence at this point says in the first six months of this year, we picked up 300,000 in six months. Huge numbers. Great context as well. Yeah. Very good and, context. And Brisbane, Brisbane was the biggest. Brisbane, 60,000 60, of the 200,000, uh, which did, I guess it surprised me when, when, when I first read it, but it does make sense given that you're sort of probably seeing more interstate migration um, yep. in 2022 
because we weren't fully open for the whole year from a, an international perspective? I mean, you know, sometimes you just all could, you can also take just experiences that you're having. Like I know you're trying to help some of your friends buy properties in, in Brisbane that are trying to move there from interstate and you can't, you can't they're struggling to buy a house because it's so competitive there because so yeah. many people are moving. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, yeah. definitely. And I think we bang on about population because at the end of the day, you know, we, again, we, we har- har- harbour on the fact that supply and demand is the only thing that causes values and rents to go up or down. And mm-hmm. the reality is, yes, interest rates say is one very small piece of demand, whether you can borrow money. But the much, much bigger driver of demand is population growth. You know, at the end of the day, if there's people coming in and, 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 and employment maybe sort of sits second, if they can get a job, we're seeing 500,000 people growing this year. We're going to put the whole equivalent of, of one Adelaide city into Australia in the next three years. And we've got an unemployment rate of 3.6%, the lowest it's been in 50 years. So we've got a record amount of people coming in. Mm. Everyone's got a job. And even with all these people coming in, the unemployment rate isn't moving. So we're actually finding more and more jobs for all these people. So it is impossible not to see that there is so much more demand than there is supply today, which far uh, far outweighs any impact of, say, interest rates, which is such a small, small um, barometer on, on the demand scale. And, and which will change as well, you know. Like interest rates will, will continue to move, you know, down up whichever way over the next couple of years. And, and the fact is we still have to bring in migrants. So that's almost going to just continue that tap. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, I, you it's know, a, it's I do, a fact I do, of our economy. I do fear, I fear for, um, you know, these friends of mine, I'm sort of saying to them, look, you do have to kind of hurry up because, mm. you know, one of them is my sister. And I'm saying you got to kind of just do what you got to do because Be I aggressive. fear that the moment interest rates come down, it's going yeah. to be too late because yeah. then, you know, you've got all these people that are just going to jump in and it's going to get even, even more uh, competitive. But Especially too, like, it, I mean, this isn't really that, that important to continue this conversation, but, you know, those who feel like they should have bought when rates were low, now they've tried to buy and seen rates go up and they've missed out. If they do drop, you know, they're, they're likely not going to make that mistake again. Oh, know? yeah, and, 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 you know, you shouldn't stretch yourself beyond what you can afford, obviously. No, like it's you know, it's, no. it's just uh, that if you're nervous about maybe paying a little bit too much, I just don't think that should be something that gives you too much worry at the moment. Absolutely. Anyway, we'll move on. But, yes, population growth, um, it is really important and it's crazy what we're seeing at the moment. We've, we've actually never seen 500,000 population growth in Australia ever in a year. There you go. Fact. All right, let's talk about guilt, shall we? Mm. Good, good a place as any to finish uh, the pod. <laughs> and I, look, I mean, yeah. So, so for some context, you wrote a bulletproof blog this week, and you actually talked about, you know, are you worthy when it comes to owning owning property, full stop, but then owning multiple yeah. properties? Um, and, and you know, I'll let you unpack that a little bit, and, and talking about, I guess, you know, you're where am I worthy of owning this? You know, do I? Uh, I don't know. Do I deserve it? I, I, I'm not sure. Like it's it's a little bit of a, a sort of a negative twist, but I, I think it's something reasonable that maybe a lot of us deal with. Um, yeah. But I I sort of took it further and and um, I agreed with your blog and I wrote back to you and I said, yeah, I sometimes feel really guilty that I own multiple properties. 
Yeah. Um, but, but I might let you unpack your, your blog a little bit. What it, the catalyst for it was uh, working with someone who's going to become an investor for the first time and uh, they're really nervous, called me, you know, panicked. And, uh, and I guess mm. it gave me cause to reflect on the first investment property that I, I ever bought. And I was 22 years old and, and, and I was like, I was thinking as we, after we'd had that discussion, I was driving home and got a bit of time to think. And I thought, you know what? I was feeling the exact same way. I, I, I was really nervous. In fact, probably terrified would, would be the, the, the way to explain. And, and I think it's normal. I, th- I think that the questions that I would be asking were, you know, can I afford it? Um, mm. what if the tenant doesn't pay the rent? What if, you know, there's a big, problem with the property? Mm. What if I go broke? You know, like all these sort of really disastrous scenario questions. And ultimately, I think what I was asking was, am I worthy? And 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 what I mean by that is I was, I, at least for me and curious to get your thoughts, I've always, every single time I've bought a property, particularly the first one and, and even for the last one, which which was number eight, I was always thinking, what, why do I deserve to be, you know, one of the 10 uh, Australians who 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 own an investment property. What what makes me more deserving than the the nine who don't? Um, you know, in, in early days that was particularly true when you you sort of probably grow up thinking that you know people who own property are, are just people who earn a lot of money or or yeah or, they're, or, they're or rich. Are rich you know. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think <clears> it's self doubt. Self doubt is something that um, I think everyone everyone grapples with. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean. In this day and age, and, and we're relatively young people, but I think there is a bit of guilt around um, privilege, you know, and, and don't get me wrong, owning your own home is absolutely a privilege. Uh, I do not deny that, but I also feel and, and believe genuinely that it's a, a privilege that many young people around the world should be afforded mm. um, in, in their respective country. Um, so, I, so I do support that, but there's a lot of guilt around uh, ownership and and owning multiple properties as a private investor, and a fallacy that the more properties you earn, um, you own, you earn like oodles and oodles of of money, and you're inflating the market, which is taking first home buyers and and you know lower socio out of the market, which is absolutely not true, and a, and a full misconception. But for me dovetailing off what you're saying, I do sometimes feel some guilt and it's more guilt that like far out, you know, like there's people who genuinely don't have anywhere to live and I, and I, and I own five properties, you know, but you know, none of them are like sexy or, or whatever, but yeah, it's just this societal guilt. I don't I know. Suppose. If, yeah, I don't know if I feel guilt so much as just self doubt, like you know, and and it materializes in 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 uh, thinking that, about all these situations where things could go wrong, you know, and and I think it's because it's like probably a hundred times easier to talk yourself out of doing something than it is mm. to talk yourself into doing something, and and that that's particularly I think you know pronounced when it comes to mm. financial. Um, decisions and and commitments and taking on risk ultimately, you know, they're, they're, you know, but I just Mm. think it's normal. I think everyone, everyone goes through it. It doesn't matter who you are. I think I still have, I still definitely have that self-doubt for for number eight. It's just, it's not as, it's not as significant. The voice gets a little bit quieter as you, uh, as you do it more and more. Um, I don't think it'll ever go away. 
definitely won't. And, and you know, we're both saying sort of similar but different things of, of how we feel. But I think that the main takeaway is that it is very normal to feel this way. Like I think that's just, it, it ultimately makes us human, right? Um, mm. But if you if you know your numbers, you understand what you're doing, you, you understand, especially, you know, if you're sort of um, in our property barrage of buying properties that are, um, on or under the median house price in, in relatively affordable areas, you know, like you, you're actually, I'm not trying to say we're high and mighty, but you're actually contributing a, a rental property that, um, our market absolutely needs right now. You know, and I'm, I'm not trying to say like, you know, go and, go and get super rich and, you know, stuff everyone else, but I'm saying like, you know, there is an element of, of necessity to what a private investor is doing that, uh, the government cannot do. Um, so, you know, so remember that I'm not talking about mansions, you know, that yeah. are $10,000 a week. Um, but, but also to consider, as we say, about a third of our population rent, um, and that's likely to, to increase a third own their home outright, which is usually like your baby boomers, your, your older people have had their lives to, to pay down their home, um, generally. And then a third have, have a mortgage over their own home. So, like a lot of us are homeowners, 66% in fact of, of Australians. So you can't feel guilty about that. And those who are investors are, are contributing to the one third that need a place to live and, and rent. So um, self-doubt, guilt, it's all part of the package. You're yeah. absolutely not going to dodge that, whether it's one property, 10 properties, whatever, if you're human. You might be a sociopath and you might never <laughs> experience that. Yeah. That, I, I don't know I many. certainly yeah. do. I, I certainly do, Kaz. Uh, and I think, you know, my three my three kind of takeaways out of, out of the blog and then the advice that I gave to, to this person that I'm, I'm, I'm working with is, number one, um, you can't avoid risk. You, you've got to accept that risk is a necessary doorway to success. Um, mm. You know, you just got to manage the risk and minimise the risk, protect your downside, you know, I, th- I think is the, the, the aim of the game. Uh, number two is, you know, that, that you, you need a mentor, you know, that, that, that to me has been probably the, the thing that made the biggest difference, which was having your dad and, and others that, um, yep. you know, the thing about good mentors is they see what you're capable of before you see it and then mm, they hold you so accountable true. to that. They do. They they hold you accountable to being that version of of you. And uh, finally, you know, I think I think you know, there's nothing worse in life. And and this was something that was, you know, preached to me and my sisters growing up by my mum and dad. There's nothing worse in life than someone who doesn't have a go. Uh, you know, that mm. that that is worse than failing. Uh, you know, full stop is never even yeah. putting yourself out there to experience the success or failure. So. You know, you've got to sort of put yourself out there. I think that's a really uh, empowering thing to do. Obviously not silly and willy-nilly, but, um, you know, manage the risk, find someone to guide you, but put yourself out there. Mate, that's Aussie parents. Dave Dave and Leanne saying, have a bloody go, mate. Yeah. <laughs> have a bloody go. That is, this couldn't be a more nice and, and lovely way to end a podcast. In fact, it's it's probably the most sensible end to a podcast that we've ever had, cuz. Some right. wise words from your mum and dad. Absolutely love it. And did you Wrap in November, and, boy or girl? Did we clarify Yeah, that? we did. Yeah, yeah mate, boy. thanks for listening. Boy. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Boy, uh, boy. and uh, the name is, is uh, it's an argument within our household, but I'm just running with one and, and, I'm liking and calling. The he- I'm liking Hector. Yeah. <laughs> 
For, for, come on, we got to explain. My my nan sent me a photo of my great great grandpa, <laughs> and, and she said, "Oh, he, you should call your son after he after him." And I said, "Oh, nan, New York, oh, sounds good. What's his name?" And she said, "Hector." And I'm pairing it with my husband's last name, which I haven't changed my name yet, but it's Jechta. So she's pronounced, she's sorry, proposing Hector Jechta. <laughs> I love it. It rolls off the tongue. Hector Jechta. It rolls off the tongue. He'll be a distinguished gentleman as a Hector <laughs> when he's three either months that, either old. Either that or a WWE wrestler. <laughs> At least, and, and you could, and when he, when he, you know, leaves his um, toys out of the cot and doesn't clean up, you could say, what the heck? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just picturing him launching himself off the side of the couch with a like flying elbow from WWE at like three months old. The holy and, heck, the holy heck, and sensible the holy end, oh, sensible uh, end to podcast was obliterated. But guys. Right. There you go. We've gone have off a the lovely, rails. have a lovely day. Whatever you're doing, have a lovely one. See you guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Double Shot with your favourite cousins, Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the double shot dot podcast. That, my friends, is the double shot dot podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.